The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for being here. Jaguars at Chargers. Huge test for the upstart Jaguars coming off of a dominant shutout victory over their division rival Colts. Can they go out west, take down Brandon Staley, Justin Herbert, and the Chargers? We're going to talk about it right now on this live stream. I encourage anyone who has any thoughts on the game, please jump in on the comment section and, and we'll we'll try to get to everybody's thoughts and, and comments here. You can hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. If you want to support the channel further, you can go pick up a new hat, a new shirt, genjag.com. You can join the channel as a member. Links in the description below. Again, thank you so much for being here. We've got some folks checking in. Ryan saying, Duval. Love it. Big Beanie Baby says, go Jags. Debbie Lynch checking in. The dude, Irish Jags fan. Uncle Bud says, we managed to pull off the miracle here. We're definitely in the playoffs. Saying, if we managed to pull off the miracle here, we're definitely in the playoffs. I would not go that far. There's a lot that can happen between week three and week 18. And there's a lot that will happen. No doubt about it. Jumping into this game, the Jaguars traveling out to the West Coast. They're 3-13 and 13 all time in the Pacific time zone. Not a sterling record. Trevor Lawrence has never won a road game. 0-9 on the road. The Jaguars, as a franchise, have lost 18 straight road games. But Doug Peterson hasn't been here for any of that outside of the week one loss to the Washington Commanders. Doug has had success out West. He has had success coaching teams and winning games on the West Coast, has a winning record out there. This team will travel to Los Angeles on Saturday. There's always a big conversation around when do you travel? When do you go out there? Some teams have tried to go on like Thursday and try to get acclimated or go out Friday, try to get acclimated for a couple days before the game. Doug Peterson said he's talked to some experts on travel, on sleep, all that stuff. They have suggested to him, and this is what he's going to do, and this is what he's found success doing in the past. They're going to go out there Saturday. They're going to try to keep their internal clock on the East Coast uh, time zone not really adjust anything, just try to go out there and perform as if they're on the East Coast, quick business trip there and back. You travel there Saturday, you come back Sunday after the game. That's how they're going to approach this one. We'll see if it pays off for Doug Peterson and his Jaguars. Got some folks checking in. The dude says, I dreaded these matchups last year. So excited for these matchups this time around. Yeah, I think it is a really exciting matchup on a lot of different levels here. 
and uh, I'm fired up for it too. Joel says new team. Absolutely, it is a new team. She says, if the Jags do beat the Chargers, will there be an asterisk on the win nationally because of Herbert's rib cartilage? Doesn't bother me one bit. Yeah, and it doesn't matter, right? You talk about an asterisk, asterisk from a national media perspective. It doesn't matter because the national media and the media in general has no control over how the NFL season plays out. The Jaguars have control of their future and their destiny. And, um, and all that matters is what they do in that locker room, how the coaches handle things, how the players handle things. It really doesn't matter. Um, there's no like top 25. There's no rankings. It's all based off what you do on the field. That's what gets you into the playoffs in the NFL. So yeah, regardless of Herbert's health, if the Jaguars win this game, it does not matter. Uh, good morning, Jordan, says Daniel. Go Jags. O-line needs to play out of their mind. D needs to be annoying. Also, the Peyton Manning conspiracy theory that Trevor is mirroring. Yeah, Peyton Manning started out 0-9 on the road in his career um, and went out his first road win, guess where, of course, against the Chargers. And 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 uh, Trevor Lawrence is also 0-9 going to face the Chargers in L.A. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that conspiracy going on. We'll see if it plays out that way. Alex is checking in, says, go Jags, baby. Let's get that W this week, Dougie P., we get this team right on these road wins. We'll see. Jaguars are 0-1 on the road with Doug Peterson. It was a hard-fought contest, a well-coached contest, a game that the Jaguars should have won in week one. Joel says he went out west with a good team. Those teams out west are good. I don't believe it has to do anything. I do think the time change can, can impact you, but there's also that point that I agree with. When you have good football teams, they play good football no matter where they are for the most part. I hear you there. Lloyd says, UK fan, watch the Jags last year in London. You can see the difference this year from top to bottom. Yes, I agree with that. Maniac says, gang, gang. Supposed to be a year away from, from being what this LA team is. Says 24-17, Jags, let's go. Yeah, so that is interesting where these two teams are. It does feel like the Chargers are a year ahead of the Jaguars in terms of their development. Because Brandon Staley is in his second year as head coach. Justin Herbert in his third year as an NFL quarterback. So I agree with you. Um, when you look at these two teams, it does look like the Chargers are further ahead than the Jaguars. But the Jaguars will have their opportunity to uh, prove prove the national media, prove everyone wrong. The dude says, Jordan, how do we cut out the Chargers' key players, Mike Williams and Eckler specifically? That's a great question. We'll get to it. First, though, got a couple storylines. Rayshon Jenkins, Jaguars starting safety. He's headed back to take on his former team. He was teammates with Justin Herbert, Derwin James, a lot of these guys, Joey Bosa. Jenkins really struggled in year one with the Jaguars in 2021, and then Coming into this offseason, he 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 attacked his rehab coming off of an injury. He once again showed leadership. He once again was a positive inside the locker room and on the practice field. And you've seen it kind of pay off for him over the first two weeks. Week one was not perfect, but he was able to get a pass break up in week one. He was able to make some plays. Week two comes out, has the best game of his career, gets an early interception, breaks up four total passes, makes some key plays against the run 
And Rayshon Jenkins now gets to go back to face his old teammates and show what his new teammates and himself are doing. Uh, so I think that's an interesting one, certainly. You've got Doug Peterson versus Brandon Staley, which I think coaching-wise, from a head coach perspective, there are not going to be many matchups that are more intriguing from the chess battle, from the leadership. Both of these guys are elite, conscientious leaders. They know how to motivate their players. They know how to communicate with them effectively, and they know how to get those guys bought in. But then you've also got the second layer of it, Doug Peterson, the offensive mastermind, the quarterback whisperer, the the play caller on offense versus Brandon Staley, who his defense in, in Los Angeles with the Rams prior to coming to, L, to L.A. or not coming to L.A., prior to jumping ship from the Rams defensive coordinator to the L.A. Chargers head coach. His defense was also revolutionizing things in the NFL with the cover two shell, with the gap and a half type looks up front uh, against the run. Not the same players in, in, in here with the Chargers now, but they've got a lot of defensive talent as well. I think that matchup between Doug Peterson and Brandon Staley, who is going to get their guys more motivated? Who is going to win the chess match? Jaguars offense versus Chargers defense. I think that's going to be really fun to watch. Justin says, how do we scheme the offense to attack this good secondary? Yeah, the Chargers do have a good secondary, don't they? You've got J.C. Jackson at outside corner. You've got Derwin James. You've got Bryce Callahan in the slot. You've got a lot of talent in that back end for the Chargers. I'm with you there. Both of these coaches have been really aggressive as head coach with their fourth down play calling, other decisions throughout games as well. But Brandon Staley now, he's taking a little heat for some conservative decision-making against the Chiefs in a game where the Chargers lost by just three points. Looking at the Jaguars now and their position inside the AFC South. According to ESPN FPI, their uh, football power index, the Jaguars now have a 40% chance to win their division. Really incredible. Um, going from a team that not many people were counting on being very good to a team that now entering week three has almost a 50% chance, according to the ESPN FBI, to win their division. Of course, getting into the injuries here, it's critical to talk about. No question about it. The Jaguars for the second straight week have no injuries to report. The injury report has been blank for two straight weeks. I've never seen it. Never heard of it. It's wild stuff. Um, but it's obviously incredibly fortunate for the Jaguars. And you want to knock on wood with this injury stuff. But uh, they, they have nothing to report. No injuries. They're fully healthy. Chargers, not so much. This has been one of the biggest storylines in the entire league, right? Justin Herbert, his ribs, took a massive shot last week from the Chiefs. Hung in there, battled back, threw one of the, the best throws I've seen all year after sustaining that rib injury. He's day-to-day. -day. He was limited Wednesday at practice, was not really throwing, but he was out there. Uh, he was throwing the ball earlier in the week. It's really about pain tolerance with this injury for Justin Herbert. And um, Chargers head coach Brandon Staley, he talked about this yesterday saying he's still day-to-day. -day. He wouldn't really confirm either way. 
if they think that they're leaning towards Herbert playing or not playing. They did say that Herbert is going to kind of be their guide. How is he feeling? How is he responding? Justin Herbert is a competitor. Justin Herbert is a leader. I think he's going to play in this game. Doug Peterson believes he's going to play in this game. But how will his health impact the game plan? Even though he's playing out there, you saw it last week, Thursday night football. He gutted it out, but there was plays that he just couldn't make. There were some big plays that he did make, though, too, like that dot down the field I just mentioned. All right, looking at some comments here. Stone says, let's go, guys. Happy to be here, Jordan. I'm happy y'all are here. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Eric says, Jags number two overall DVOA through two weeks in the NFL. We're the better team so far. Who would have thought? Yeah, well, I think that's interesting. I I do like DVOA. I think it's a great way to check out what's going on around the league, to contextualize some of the things that are happening. Um, Yeah, Chargers are also one of the top 10 teams in DVOA right now. They have a a defense and an offense. I think they're both seven overall. Um, And then you look at the Jaguars in DVOA. Their defense, I think, is number two um, or number three uh, behind the Bills. And then you've also got, excuse me, their offense is in the top ten as well, the Jaguars' offenses. So, yeah, very interesting from a DVOA perspective. I'm with you there. DTWD's checking in with a big Duval. Hyper says, seems like this team wants to play for Coach Pete. Crazy difference from when they played for Meyer. Yeah, we've talked about that. This team is motivated. They believe in their head coach. They bought in. They're trying to do everything they can that Doug Peterson tells them to do and that his coaching staff is teaching them up to do. Matrix says, I think Doug Peterson can outcoach Brandon Staley. This game will come down to execution. Most games do come down to execution. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I agree that Doug Peterson can outcoach Brandon Staley. Will he? We're going to find out. Ron says, good morning, Jaguars fans. Justin saying, do we like our D-line matchup against their O-line? Yeah, I think that's an interesting matchup. Um, Do we like it? Yes, I think the Jaguars defensive line is better than the Chargers offensive line um, from a run game perspective and a pass rush perspective. However, I think the Chargers O-line, while banged up right now, there are some more injuries you have to talk about. Corey Lindsley, their starting center, he's dealing with a knee injury. He did not participate in practice. He left the game early against the Chiefs. Uh, Trey Pipkins, their starting right tackle, he also left the game early with a foot injury. He was limited in practice. So if they have injuries up front, that would be even an even bigger advantage for the Jaguars. Obviously, Rayshon Slater, one of the best young left tackles in football. Zion Johnson, a very good young left guard. Um, but I'm I'm looking at if Corey Lindsley's not playing, attacking the right side of that offensive line again, uh, I think that could definitely work out for the Jaguars. And sure, you got to test Zion Johnson. He's a rookie. He's incredibly talented, but he is a rookie. You've got some veterans up front. So, yeah, I do think that the Jaguars' D-line has a advantage against the Chargers' O-line. DTWD says we can run the ball. We're going to find out. Alex says with Herbert Hurt, should the Jags focus a little more on run stopping this week? 
they were focused on run stopping both weeks so far, right? Week one, Arden Key said it. Their goal was to hold the, the commanders under 60 yards rushing. They did a really good job slowing the commanders down, and they did an even better job slowing down the Colts rushing attack that features Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, probably the best duo in football, at least one of them, one of the best duos in football. So I think their focus has been on stopping the run. I think it will continue to be stopping the run. Ron says the next two games for the Jaguars are going to be really hard tests and it will show a lot more about our team or we'll know a lot more about our team after this. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Big, big tests on the road, traveling out to LA to take on the Chargers this weekend and then traveling to Philly, the, the homecoming for Doug Peterson. I hear you. DTWD says, I want to see Herbert throw a 99-yard pick six to us. Yeah, I mean, two weeks in a row. Let's take it, right? DTWD says, backup center. That's food. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got a backup center, a rookie left guard, and um, and uh, and an offensive line that has given up some pressure. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Alex says, are we concerned with the monsters the Chargers have on the defensive edges? Absolutely. Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, two of the best. Probably the best duo in football right now of edge players. But the Jaguars have a couple edge players of the, for, their, for their team as well that, that think that they can be among the best. And Jawan Taylor and Cam Robinson are playing good football. Playing very good football. So we'll see about that matchup. I'm with you. Eric Edson says, out west this week, listening to Jordan at 6.45 a.m. in a hotel room, life is good. If that is your definition of life is good, I'm sorry. No, I appreciate you being here, Eric. That's awesome. 6.45 a.m. listening to listening to some Gin Jag, some Duval Daily. I appreciate you being here. DTWD says, I think Cam Robinson and, and Jawan Taylor have a chance to show how good they are. They do, and that's one of my matchups I'm really really pumped up to check in and watch this week. Jawan Taylor has not allowed a single pressure through two games. While Cam Robinson, he had a little bit of a rough one against the the um, commanders, and they used a lot of stunts, a lot of games up front. They were switching off and having those linemen loop around each other. And, you know, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, talented guys. Um. There's no question about that, especially from a pass rush standpoint. But he rebounded and he he shut Unique Ngakwe down last week. He really did. Big performance by Cam Robinson. Big performance by Jawan Taylor. And yeah, this is their opportunity to tell the rest of the league, look, we're legit. We didn't have proper coaching in the past. We didn't have a good offensive scheme. We've now got a coach that believes in us, a head coach that believes in us a GM that believes in us and an offensive line coach that believes in us. We believe in ourselves and we have the talent and we're going to show why we were early draft picks. The dude says, sorry if you covered this before Jordan, but with your experience covering football, just how remarkable is J Rob's comeback so far? Unprecedented would be the word I would use for what James Robinson is doing right now. Less than nine months off of that Achilles injury comes back looks fully healthy, ready to go. You had Cam Akers come back in like five months last year, but he was not the same runner. 
a lot of players have never become the same player that they were before an Achilles injury. James Robinson looks as good as he ever has right now. And he is a critical factor for the Jaguars week in and week out. Yeah, I would say unprecedented is the word I would use for James Robinson. Shay says, just keep our wide receivers away from getting body slammed by Derwin and I'll be happy. Yeah, Derwin's going to bring it. That's a guy. That's one of those guys on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL that you have to worry about every single week. One of the biggest playmakers in the game today on either side of the ball. DTWD says, thanks for always having an awesome show, Duval Daily. Absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in, for supporting, for being here. Uh, Wouldn't be doing these live streams if y'all didn't want them. So that's why we're here. Bryant says, if our offensive line holds up, we can get this game. Yeah, that's going to be critical every game. If the Jaguars offense, this is every single week. If the Jaguars offensive line gives Trevor Lawrence time, he's going to have an opportunity to win them the game on offense every single week. So, yeah. You're right about that, Bryant. Ron says, if we can put Herbert on his back early and often, they may take him out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you get a shot on those ribs, and I'm not saying the Jaguars need to be taking cheap shots. I'm not about that life. But look, in the NFL, you can't go high on quarterbacks. You can't go low on quarterbacks. The chest and abdomen area, that is the target strike zone for pass rushers. So, yeah, I think there is a possibility that that could happen. Connor says, if we can stop the short passing game to Eckler and the tight ends, I think our cornerbacks can hold up and the pass rush can get there. Yeah, so that's the thing about the Chargers offense. Despite Justin Herbert's monster arm, they really do like, and this is Joe Lombardi's philosophy coming over from New Orleans, they do a lot of dink and dunk type stuff. They just try to matriculate the ball down the field, if you will. Um Instead of taking a ton of hole shots and deep shots, they kind of just methodically move the ball down the field. And yeah, they do have a lot of weapons when you look at Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler. Um, Obviously, if Keenan Allen's healthy, who he was limited in practice on Wednesday and and missed the game against the the Chiefs last week, Keenan Allen's healthy, got to worry about him. Mike Williams is their really big deep threat. They also have Jalen Guyton, who hasn't been getting very much playing time. He has speed. He can be a deep threat. We'll see if they start to use him a little bit more against the Jaguars. Brian Smith says, checking in from Rhode Island. Just got my shirt fit slash looks great. Awesome. Yeah, if you guys need a new shirt, go check out genjag.com right now. We've got the Duval 1995 throwback tee available in a teal colorway. It's on pre-order right now through Tuesday of next week. Check that out at ginjag.com. Uncle Bud says, I think J-Rob actually gained an extra gear while rehabbing. It did look like it, didn't it, a little bit? Like I said, I think he is in the best shape of his life right now. He looks like he looks like a guy that is not coming off of an Achilles injury. Looks like a guy who had a full offseason to just attack and try to grow his game. Pretty crazy stuff. T1F says, I genuinely think Sunday is ETN's day. It could be. And uh, the Jaguars, he had nine carries last week. He had three targets in the passing game, 12 total touches. Yeah, I could see him getting more involved in space. 
We'll see. But I could also see you trying to get it going up front with J-Rob running that inside zone, some of that power stuff up front, and uh, just kind of bullying the Chargers off the ball, at least attempting to. Eric says, you really do provide the best commentary day after day for the diehard fans to listen to. Thank you so much. Y'all are awesome. The kind words are humbling, and I'm just going to keep trying my best to continue improving the content, continue improving my understanding of the game, and uh, bringing it to you. DTWD says, Jags win the game. The NFL will be an official on note. Yeah. If the Jaguars go out to Los Angeles, regardless of Justin Herbert's health, I do think the NFL will start to really take notice because even without Justin Herbert, they have one of the most talented rosters on paper. They have an elite defensive mind, and they have an offensive coordinator who, while not elite, is certainly serviceable and and, and uh, does some good things offensively. Maniac Slap says, exactly, and the backs in the passing game scare me after week one. We talking about Eckler? Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick from week one. Yeah. Getting into some of the more some of the things I'm looking at here. For Trevor Lawrence, who just is coming off of his best performance of his career, 25 of 30, uh, you know, two touchdown passes, no interceptions. Incredibly efficient, 83%. So far, statistically, he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. When you're looking at EPA, when you're looking at um, next-gen stats, when you're looking at DVOA, everything. Trevor Lawrence has been among the best quarterbacks in the league so far. But this is a new test. Last week, you're going up against Gus Bradley's um, cover three defense where you really just know what you can get. You know how to attack it. You have to stay disciplined. You have to take what they're giving you and not make huge mistakes. Trevor did have a couple passes that could have been picked off but the Colts did not capitalize on those plays. This is a different test, though. Brandon, well, Gus Bradley, what you see is what you get with Gus Bradley most of the time. Brandon Staley, completely different. He's kind of more similar to Mike Caldwell with his coverage where they're going to show you one thing, they're going to give you another. They're going to show a blitz, they're going to back out of it. They're going to show coverage, they're going to blitz. They're going to try to confuse you, and you have to be on your P's and Q's pre-snap and post-snap, that second or so post-snap when you're reading what's happening. Trevor Lawrence has to be right. Trevor Lawrence has to read this properly, and the Jaguars' offensive game plan needs to give him the answers to the questions and challenges that the Chargers' defense is going to present. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code staple two zero. Because not only is it a well-coached defense, a well-schemed defense, it's a talented defense. Like we mentioned, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, 
Derwin James, JC Jackson, Bryce Callahan. There's dudes. All right. Shay says, you know, every team the rest of the year that watches that indie tape in preparation will be believers in the Jags talent. Yeah. And so again, it's going to be different for every team. There's not a lot of teams in the NFL now that the Jaguars are going to face that are running primarily that cover three that stemmed back from Seattle's Legion of Boom days. Heck, Pete Carroll has switched his defense up. He's not even running that anymore. But Gus Bradley still is. A couple other guys around the league are. Patrick says, we got to get to Herbert and make him very uncomfortable. It's time for Cam Robinson to earn that money because he's going to have his hands full. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, Cam Robinson and Jawan Taylor, biggest tests they've faced so far. Um, Let's see if they can pass the test. The dude says Colts are talented, but they don't have a Derwin. Have to know where three is all game. Absolute game record. Yes, I agree. Um, Derwin James, he can rush off the edge. He can play safety. He can play linebacker. He can play slot. He can do it all. The most versatile, maybe the most versatile player in the NFL. And he can do it all at a high level. And yes, he can force fumbles. He can pick passes off. He can create big plays for the Chargers defense. So yeah, you got to know where he is every single play. Looking at what the Chargers are doing offensively. I mentioned it's a lot of dink and dunk. It's a lot of quick game stuff. They are giving Justin Herbert answers, right? There are answers to the questions that defenses are presenting to them. But um, it's it, they're just methodical is the best way to put it. They're not really taking a ton of deep shots right now, not trying to test defenses vertically. They're using that underneath intermediate stuff. There is a lot of different formations that they're going to show you. They're going to go from under center. They're going to go from gun. Of course, we have to see if Justin Herbert is playing, how is their game plan impacted by his health, if it is impacted at all. I think it would be. They're going to want to try to avoid him taking hits. So maybe even more quick game stuff, even more running the football. But the Jaguars' defense, they know how to stop the run, so that's going to be fascinating there. When you look at how the Chargers try to play football games, how do they try to how do they try to manage a game? They want to jump out to an early lead, and they want to force you to throw the football. That's how they want to play. That's what they did against the Raiders in Week One, and they were able to finish that game, twenty-four to nineteen. That's what they did against the Chiefs in Week Two. They were not able to finish that game. A lot of that had to do with the pick six. Gerald Everett was gassed after having a really long catch and run. He wanted to be pulled out of the game. Brandon Staley did not allow him to be subbed out. Justin Herbert wanted to throw the ball to him again as he was matched up with a small cornerback. He didn't have the energy to make a play on the ball. Pick six. Game over. Not quite game over, but game wrecker. And that's really the ultimate reason that that the um, Chargers lost that football game is the pick six. So, yeah, um, I like their offense. I like some of the things they do. I do think some of the motion, some of the window dressing, some of the movements, I don't really know how they are, how they are challenging defenses. Like, When you have a guy in motion, it should be for a reason. It shouldn't just be uh, motion for motion's sake. When you have guys, you know, coming out on fake reverses and things like that, how are you testing the defense? 
How are you poking and prodding and seeing what you can get away with, how you can challenge them? I haven't seen that much creativity in that regard, creating crazy mismatches and things of that sort from the Chargers offense. The Chargers offense is also struggling to run the football. Austin Eckler has not really gotten it going. Josh Kelly, Sony Michelle, they haven't gotten their run game going. They're averaging 2.7 yards per carry right now. And I think that the Jaguars run defense is better than either of the run defenses they've faced so far. So if the Jaguar, we talked about how the Chargers want to win games. They want to jump out to an early lead. They want to force you to throw the ball. They want to pin their ears back on defense with Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and Derwin James. The Jaguars, on the defensive side of the ball, they want to stop the run. They want to get you in clear passing situations. They want to do the same thing. Now, from a perspective of how the defensive fronts attack, you will see varied looks from the Chargers defensive front, but I don't know that you're going to see as many games and stunts um, getting guys moving uh, and trying to confuse the offensive line as much as you'll see from the Jaguars. I haven't seen that as much. I have seen some unique fronts, the way they're aligned, but I haven't seen as much as much of those games that you see from the Jaguars and other teams up front. It's more of like when you're one-on-ones. We'll see if they make any adjustments to that this week. The dude says, seem like the Jags, most of their pressure versus the Colts from running twists slash stunts through the middle of the line. Wonder if that will be effective against the Chargers. You're right. You say most. I think their most effective pressures were with those stunts and twists. However, Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker were also bending around these tackles and playing well and and creating pressure off the edge as well. Ron says, when you send a man in motion, you can tell if the defense is in man or if they're in zone, this will help Trevor. Yeah, and but I think for the Jaguars, it gives you that advantage as well, but they're also using it not only to figure out what the defense is doing, but to attack what the defense is doing. I haven't seen that as much from the Chargers offense, from the Chargers play calling and play design. DTWD says, Jordan, I just tagged you on Twitter. Pete Carroll, one-handed catching a football. (laughs) Nice, yeah. Pete is certainly one of the most interesting characters in the NFL, head coaching-wise, been around forever. He's a unique guy. He's had a lot of success in this league. But getting back to Chargers and Jaguars, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm not forgetting about the run. Jaguars offense. You've got James Robinson. You've got Travis Etienne. This is a defense that struggled to stop the run in 2021. It's a defense that has improved against the run overall. They they played pretty well against the run against the Chiefs, but they gave up a big 50-yarder that really skewed the stats. Uh, In week one, they kind of forced the Raiders out of being able to run the ball and and uh, by jumping up on them early and and uh, forcing them to throw the ball more often than not. But Josh Jacobs was pretty effective. I think he averaged over five yards per carry on about 12 or 13 carries. I would be giving James Robinson and Travis Etienne a chance to help you win this game early and often. You've got Christian Kirk who's dominating from the slot, dominating being moved around the formation. 
He's going to be lined up against Bryce Callahan at times, who's a slot defender for the Chargers. One of the best, if not the best, nickel corners in football right now is Bryce Callahan. When they match up together, that's going to be critical. Can the Jaguars win that? And it's going to be critical getting Christian Kirk to be not matched up with Bryce Callahan to get Christian Kirk lined up against linebackers and players that are not comfortable in space covering a guy like Christian Kirk, who has been dominant over the first two weeks. His usage in Doug Peterson's offense has been perfect. He's been lining up primarily in the slot, but he's been moving around backfield in line, doing different things. And they're creating mismatches. They're getting him in space. They're allowing him to use his route running ability, his speed, his quickness. Now, Chargers offensively. We mentioned Eckler. We mentioned um, Gerald Everett. Both guys who can really kind of take advantage of you on these short passes, these dump offs. Mike Williams is one of the best jump ball players in the NFL right now down the field. How's that matchup going to work out between him, Shaq Griffin, Tyson Campbell? Can your safeties get there when you're playing cover two? Mike Williams is basically a power forward playing wide receiver. I mean, his his he goes up, he boxes out, he rebounds, he gets that gets that football. Again, Keenan Allen is dealing with a hamstring. He was limited. He's the type of receiver, if he's healthy, that has eaten the Jaguars alive in the past. Again, this is a new team, a new defense, a new defensive coordinator. You got seven new starters on the defensive side of the ball. It's not the same Jaguars, but they've got to prove that they can handle a receiver like Keenan Allen. They really did not handle Jahan Dotson or, excuse me, uh, or Terry McLaurin in week one. They had some busts. You cannot have those busts. Even if you play consistent 90% of the snaps, if those other 10%, you're getting burnt, it's not good enough. DTWD says, Zay Jones is also doing great and he's a great addition. Kirk makes me so happy by rubbing it into the national narrative that he was overpaid, so proud of him, a true pro. Agreed with all of that 100%. Talking about Zay Jones, who is not someone we've really talked about so far yet, he has been very effective in the roles the Jaguars have been using him in. He's got speed. He's got athleticism. He's playing smart football. And he's trusting in what the coaches are, are having him do. And it's worked out for him so far for Zay Jones. Same thing with Evan Ingram. Robert says, this is a good test for Cisco's ball hawking skills. Yes. Yes, it is. If they're in cover two, we're going to see Cisco and Jenkins um, have opportunities to make plays on the football if they are right, if they if they have their eyes right, if they have their hips, their, their footwork, everything needs to be in unison working in sync for them to, to get the job done here against a really talented Chargers offense. Justin Herbert. One of the very best quarterbacks in the game. Not young quarterbacks. One of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. The dude says, Jordan, how was Ben Barsh in week two? Any improvement from week one? Yes. Mm -hmm. He played much better. Look, Ben Barch and Cam Robinson had not played in a regular season game next to each other when they went against the Commanders. Who, again, I don't think there is a better interior pass rush duo than Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. And that's what... That's what Ben Barch was dealing with. 
Another talented duo he went against last week, certainly, with DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. But they handled it much better. They really did. Um, Ben Barch played better. Luke Fortner was still up and down on the interior at center. He's a rookie. He's going through it a little bit, has had some incredibly difficult matchups. I think this is an opportunity for Luke Fortner to have a much better football game against an interior defensive front that doesn't have the same level of talent as the Commanders or Colts. And I'm not knocking Sebastian Joseph Day or or Austin Jackson, Austin Johnson, um, but they're not the same level of player as Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and DeForest Buckner. But yeah, I thought in pass protection, Ben Barch was superb last week. Did not allow a single pressure. He and Cam Robinson really got it going. Luke Fortner is still the one that's a little bit up and down. You're having some massive moments from him where you're like, damn, this guy's going to be a pro bowler sooner than later. Then you see him getting taken advantage of by some really talented interior defenders. Dustin says, just joined. Not sure if you talked about this, but might this be a big game for our tight end room? Yeah, I mean, I think it was last week too. I think Chris Manhurts had a uh, did a really good job, you know, on the line of scrimmage. I think Evan Ingram played a critical role in that game, picking up three first downs, two of which were on third on third down, and uh, picking up seven total catches on eight targets. I think that that Evan Ingram is going to be a factor for sure. Michael says, we can stop their offense. They're not going to be able to beat them deep because of Herbert's ribs. The Chiefs gave us the blueprint to stop them. I hear you, but you saw Herbert deliver like a 40-yard dot in that last game after the rib injury. So we'll see about that. DTWD says, Jordan, when you watch the Jags games, do you do anything superstitious? No, I don't. I'm not very superstitious. Maybe a little stitious. No, I, I don't have any like game day rituals or anything like that. Ron says, shout out to Jenkins. He's talking about Rayshon. He played great last week, and we were all talking about how he was the weak link on the team. Now looks like a strength right now. Yeah. Yeah. Played out of his mind last week. Has an opportunity to go back to play his former team this week and show them what they're missing out on. Uncle Bud says, I'm thinking we're only going to see Herbert at about 85 to 90%, and those ribs seem to affect his mobility more than his passing. I think that's very fair. I don't know about the percentage wise, but I do agree that his mobility is going to be impacted because they're not going to want him to take shots. Chase says, I think this game will look closer to the Washington game. We got to clean up mistakes from that style of play. I agree. If you're expecting the Jaguars to go into Los Angeles and do what they did to the Colts last week, I would not expect that. Sasha says, finally catching a live stream from Switzerland. Love it. I love it too. That's awesome, Sasha. Thank you so much for being here all the way from Switzerland. DTWD said, MJD was the only media to pick the Jaguars. Yes, he was, of course. Props to Mojo. But yeah, the rest of the NFL media, they're on the Chargers in this one. Jaggernaut says, what up, Jin Jag and crew? Should be a good game this Sunday. Let's go. It's Scout About says, yeah, Ron Beaudry, Rayshon Jenkins played amazing. He did. His best game I've ever seen him play. The dude says, thanks for answering all the questions. This is a great channel, Jordan. Thank you all for being here. It means the world. If you're here, you're watching, and you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. 
helps us out a lot, helps with the algorithm. Robert says, I remember the Raiders and Chargers game last year. The Chargers right tackle got beat a lot. We got to attack that right side. Yeah, I hear you. I think from center to right tackle, if if Corey Lindsley is not in that game, you've got an opportunity to take advantage of that matchup. Irish Jags Vance says, big day for Lloyd and Aluokin in coverage on those short passes. Yeah, not only do they need to try to get their hands on the football, but they've got to immediately wrap up not allow any of those short passes to end up being big gains. Cade Charles says the spread is plus seven for us. Take it. Yeah. The Chargers, despite the injuries they're dealing with, are seven to seven and a half point home favorites over the Jaguars. It's true. But I do think there's an opportunity for this Jaguars defense. As I mentioned, the Chargers not being able to run the football If the Jaguars have you in clear passing situations, they have the advantage more often than not. Now, you cannot have coverage busts from Shaq Griffin. You can't have it. And if you can win with four, which the Jaguars did a lot last week, it looked like they were bringing pressure because you had guys stunting, twisting, looping, all that fun stuff. But there wasn't actually... um, Blitz is being brought as often as as it would have looked like. All right. DTWD says, remember when Blake Bortles made his debut? I think it was week three at Chargers. I think it was. Yeah. Not a bad debut for Blake Bortles way back when. I remember that one. It's scout about it says, need to get the run game going. I would play more zone against that offense. The Jaguars are and the Chargers. Both of these defenses, they try to give you a lot of different looks. They try to run a lot of different coverages. So, I think they try to make it so the quarterback can't really key in on what they're doing. I think that is the meta in the NFL right now. If you have a defense with coverages that are varied, whether it be a lot of cover two, cover three, cover one, man, you mix it up. Quarters. All right. Jaggernaut says, I think this game is about the lines, their DL and ROL and vice versa. It always is, right? It always is. It always starts up front. Every play starts with the line. And um, I think the Jaguars have a chance there. I think the Jaguars should be able to hold up on the interior of the offensive line. Again, big opportunity for Jawan Taylor, big opportunity for Cam Robinson. And then I do think the Jaguars' defensive line has an advantage against the Chargers' offensive line. We'll see how it plays out. Cade says, I think we can win outright if Keenan doesn't play. Plus, they can't stop the inside run. They have gotten better against the run. Outside of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's 50-yard run last week, they're only allowing, I think, like 3.4 yards per carry this year. So they have improved against the run, but I agree I would continue to test them against the run because you went up against one of the best run defenses in football last week in Indianapolis. I think that is going to prepare you to take on some other defenses from a run game perspective and do a good job. The dude says, do you know how much press Taylor is involved in our play designs on offense? I think they've been incredible so far. He is involved in everything they do offensively. He just does not call the plays. So yeah, heavily, heavily involved. I think he, along with Doug Peterson, Jim Bob Cooter, Mike McCoy, they're doing a great job putting together offensive game plans and passing strategies. 
Chase says we're the younger Chargers. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier. I think it's very easy to look at these two teams and see a lot of similarities and see that the Chargers look like they're just a year ahead in their development. Antoine says underrated impact. Dewey is doing amazing on special teams. The movement is also, yeah. Talking about special teams, the Jaguars have been very good on special teams this year. And Chad Muma had a superb game on special teams last week. Dewey's been doing that for a long time. I'm with you there. And then you you have Antoine saying Foy has been great for Lloyd. Yeah, and vice versa. Those two guys at linebacker has been a lot of fun to watch. Says their communication has been amazing and it shows in Lloyd's play. Yeah, I think the Jaguars' entire defense was communicating on a much higher level last week, and they're going to need to continue to do so in order to have solid performances. Irish Jags fan says, helps that Trevor has been playing against a similar defense all training camp. It could help, yeah. Yeah, I think it could help both quarterbacks in this matchup, going against varied defenses throughout training camp and in practice every day. It's got about says so true, Antoine. We need to give up, give special teams some props. Yeah, they've been really good. And Riley Patterson, you know, he has the one miss so far, but other than that, he's been pretty good, pretty accurate. I think you can feel okay about him going out there. And last year for the Lions, when he was kicking field goals for them, he was 13 of 14. So far in his NFL career, he's been accurate. All right. Antoine also says, P.S. How do I turn the notifications on to catch these shows in the beginning? Uh, you just got to hit that notification bell should be under the under the video. Gator T87 says the O-line is going to have to play well against Mac and Bo so they can't get into the backfield. Yeah. And I think you've also got to take advantage of their aggressiveness. You've seen teams, the chart or the Chiefs, namely be able to take advantage of their aggressiveness with some screens um, and different quick game stuff where you just get the ball in right behind where those rushers are coming from. If you've got two rushers trying to get to the quarterback, they're leaving an area vacated right behind them. And the Jaguars did a good job throwing some screens last week and getting some good yardage off of it. Sasha says, do you think Jawan can maintain his level of play the rest of the season? He's not going to maintain this level of play, right? I mean, from a pass protection standpoint, there has not been a better right tackle in football so far. Point blank. So, no, I don't think he can maintain that level of play. But can he have the best season of his career? Can he prove that he's a starting offensive tackle in this league? Yes, I think he can. That A quality starting offensive tackle. Michael says, I like how Dougie P is treating time zone situation. I do too. I mean, I'm no expert in that regard. I have seen the Jaguars go out West a lot and lose a lot. So doing something a little different, doing something that Doug Peterson has had success with in the past. I agree that um, I'm excited to see how that plays out. And yeah, I'll defer to Doug on that. Gator says they're going to have to get after Herbert. I doubt he'll be 100%. He's not going to be 100%. You're right. He is not going to be 100%. There's no question about that. It's Scott about, says more screens. Yeah, I could see it. Now, if Bosa and Mac are expecting the screens, then you can see a situation like what you had with Trayvon Walker picking off at Carson Wentz Pass. They went to that well a little bit too often, did the commanders in week one. DZ says, we are not 100% successful against Mahomes sack-wise. They have a good O-line. 
but we had four interceptions dropped or called back. I'm assuming we're a Chargers fan checking in here. Is that correct, DZ? Got the lightning bolt? Yeah, I think both teams have had some opportunities to get turnovers that they haven't taken advantage of. The Jaguars have gotten their hands on a lot of passes. They are leading the league in turnover differential right now, which is a big deal after forcing only nine turnovers last year, all of 2021. DZ says yes. So, yeah, um, I like I said, this Chargers defense presents a lot of problems, not only from a personnel standpoint, but from a scheme standpoint, play calling standpoint. It's going to be interesting to see how that chess match goes back and forth, how the in-game adjustments go back and forth between Doug Peterson and and Brandon Staley, Jaguars offense versus Chargers defense. But yeah, even though the Jags are leading the league in turnover differential, Josh Allen has two forced fumbles that the Jaguars, uh, or a forced fumble that the Jaguars were not able to, to get on. You've also had Shaq Griffin last week should have picked off a pass. Devin Lloyd should have had another interception. So, yeah, I think both teams have opportunities to create even more turnovers than they have already. Gator says, what weakness do you see on the Chargers that our squad can take advantage of? Like I said, I don't think the Chargers can run the football against the Jaguars. And if they can't, that gives you a huge advantage because then you can pin your ears back and try to get after the passer, do a lot of fun stuff up front with those talented uh, rushers that you have, Trayvon Walker, Josh Allen. Arden Key, Dewan Smoot, all those guys. So, yeah, I would say the weakness, offensive line slash running game. Antoine says, of course, I'll enjoy every moment this season, but it feels amazing to think we can finally enter a draft slash offseason with players we like already on this team. Yeah, hopefully you can go into this season or go throughout this season and not really be thinking much about the draft. Because usually we get into October, November, it's like, all right, it's draft season for the Jaguars. Scout about says, I want to get see ETN get going. Yeah. He was impactful for, in the passing game last week. Again, catching three passes, had 43 yards of yak. But I agree. I, I want to see him more. But you want to see James Robinson just as much as you can as well. It's a great problem to have, having two running backs that you want to get the football. Robert says, I think Devon Hamilton is going to have a good game. His breakout game as a rookie was against the Chargers. Yes. He got injured right after that. Or maybe at the end of that game, actually, I think he he got injured. Different Chargers team now. Again, his matchup with the center, with those interior linemen against the run, that will be huge. Um, Is Corey Lindsley going to play? It's not looking great right now. Did not participate in practice on Wednesday. All right. The dude says, Robert, yeah, DHAM has been great so far this season. He has. Him and Foley Fatu Kasi, we haven't talked about him much, but they're a big part of why this run defense has been so effective. They are big, strong, gap and assignment sound football players to this point in the season, and they have been menaces against the run. DZ says, kind of banged up after two division games on offense. I see us running the same type of offense that you did against the Colts. Our run game is struggling. Yeah. And if you can not make mistakes and execute, it can work. Um, But the Chargers, they do a lot of this short game stuff, a lot of this moving the ball down the field methodically, again, matriculating the ball down the field. Um, We'll see if it works against the Jags. It's scout about, says Arden Key has been an MVP of the defensive line. 
I wouldn't go that far, but I would say his presence has been critical, not only for their mindset, um, but their skill as well. Him as an interior pass rusher on clear pass rushing downs. Um, but his mindset, he's very professional. And he was one of the ones in the locker room this week, you know, stepped up after the game and said, y'all, we got 24 hours to celebrate this. After that, it's on to the Chargers, on to the next. So I do think he has been critical. I wouldn't say MVP. You've got Josh Allen playing at a really, really high level. Trayvon Walker playing at a really high level, making game-changing plays in both games. DTWD says, wouldn't surprise me if Travis Etienne and James Robinson both have 10 touchdowns by the end of the season. All right. Um, Etienne doesn't have one yet, right? So he's got some work to do. Plenty of time to do it. 15 games left. But yeah, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. Ron says, if Allen and Walker can keep Herbert in the pocket and Foley and Roy Robertson Harris can collapse the pocket, we can have success. Yeah, and when you're talking about collapsing the pocket against the pass, it's, just, it's not just Foley and RRH. Um, it's also Dewan Smoot and and uh, Arden Key. But yeah, and Adam Gotsis. Got to give that man credit. Seven pass rush snaps last week. Three pressures, a sack, two quarterbacks. It's awesome. Awesome performance by Gotsis as a rotational pass rusher. Chase says, I'll probably be at this game, LA local. Awesome. Take some picks, have some fun, enjoy it, soak it in. Jaggernaut says, let's hope we draft in the bottom five next year. Sure, absolutely. It's Scott about it. says, we have more weapons than previously between J. Rob, ETN, Kirk, Agnew, Zay Jones, Marv Jones. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of weapons. John says, no, I didn't know it was a live show, LOL. It's all right, man. Happy you're here now. We'll go for a little while longer here. Don't have anything on the docket right now, so we can keep this live stream going, keep talking some Jags Chargers. UCF Jaguars checking in, says, what up, Jen Jag? If y'all are not following UCF Jaguar on here or subscribing to UCF Jaguar, what are you doing? What are you doing, people? Go subscribe to UCF Jaguar. He puts out a ton of great Jaguars content. No doubt about it. Jesus says, this will be a hard game to win. This team is loaded with talent, loaded with talent and well-coached from the top down. Antoine says, at what point in the season does the Colts start to tank for a quarterback? Current AFC South quarterbacks are Lawrence Mills, Willis Ryan. <laughs> I like how you did not include Ryan Tannehill there. That's funny. I get it. I get it. Um, I don't think this is a franchise that believes in tanking the Colts um, and you know, every franchise for the most part would say they don't believe in tanking, but clearly the Colts have, they have gone in on these half measures every year, bringing in a new quarterback, believing that's going to be the key to getting them over the top. You have the third straight year with a new quarterback in Indy. Um, since Andrew Luck left, they have just been a revolving door there. I don't know. Honestly, I, if, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I don't know that you have the same regime next year. And I think Frank Reich is a good coach. I think they have a fair amount of talent. But when you keep hitting the reset button at quarterback, it is hard to be a sustained, successful franchise. It's hard to sustain that success when you have a new quarterback every year. So I don't know. I think it's a great, a great topic to watch. 
fascinating topic to watch because, again, I do think Frank Reich is a good play caller. I think he's a good coach. I do think probably bringing in Gus Bradley was not the best decision they could have made defensive coordinator-wise, but we'll see how it all plays out for the Colts. I do think with their leadership, with the, with the talent they have on that team, they could get it turned around, but they're going to need to do it quick. Dug in podcast says thoughts on Herbert's ribs. I mean, yeah, you got to try to got to try to rattle that guy early. Got to try to get after him. But it starts with stopping the run. Um, will will Herbert be fully healthy? No, he will not be fully healthy, but it will be a pain management situation. He's still day to day. You know, it's still possible that he doesn't play. In which case you throw everything we talked about out the window. Chase Daniel or. um or their other backup quarterback, who uh, Easton Stick. Yeah. Jaggernaut says, got to see a collab between UCF and Jordan. Absolutely. We've done that before. We did one before the start of the season. We need to do it again. Maybe we can get that going next week. Antoine says, oh, oh, it's got about it says in response to Antoine. If their record is two and nine, 11 games in, then they'll start tanking for a quarterback. I don't know. With with Matt Ryan, I don't think you're tanking. I don't think he's going to allow that. John says, what's our biggest concern for this game? Is it DBs? I would say that would be fair. And specifically, Shaq Griffin, who is coming off a great game. Great, great game against a very depleted Colts wide receiving core. But yeah, I think, you know, making sure that you don't have coverage busts, I would say that would be a big concern for the Jaguars in this one. Kodak says, I finally actually caught a live stream. Duval. Happy you're here, Kodak. DZ says, Colts can keep having rental quarterbacks and, yeah, can't keep having rental quarterbacks and expect to win and go deep. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. The dude says, good luck to the Colts this weekend. Love Derwin and definitely, oh, to the Chargers, you mean. Uh, love Derwin and definitely prefer the Chargers over the Rams in LA. Yeah, I like a lot of what the Chargers have done. I love bringing in JC Jackson, Bryce Callahan, you know, drafting Derwin James, obviously drafting Justin Herbert, have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams if they're healthy. They've rebuilt this offensive line. When the offensive line is healthy, it's much improved. Yeah. Scout about says, I mean, Gus was a good defensive coordinator, but recent years his scheme has been figured out and he hasn't adapted. Yes, I think that's a fair assessment. Ron says, I watched some of the Colts after the game and they were all calling for the coach's head. It was fun watching an opposing team crying. Yeah. Yeah, Colts, Colts Twitter, Colts fandom is not in a good place right now. Jaggernaut says Lloyd on Eckler will be a good matchup. Yeah, he's going to have to wrap up and the entire defense is going to have to swarm to the football. Chase says the biggest risk for Herbert is not getting his yeah, his ribs punctured from the doctors, his lungs. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, a couple years ago before the start of the season, it was Justin Herbert's rookie year. They were going into the season with Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback. He had a rib injury. He was getting injected. And now he's suing the Chargers doctor, team doctor, for – puncturing his lungs. And that's the same doctor that is working on Justin Herbert, I believe. Yeah. So that is kind of a 
It's certainly not funny for Tarod Taylor, but interesting, intriguing. Tyler says, thank you for what you do. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for supporting the channel. I wouldn't be doing this without y'all. I'm going to continue to try to improve here. Duggan Podcast says, Thought on, thoughts on Muma's play on special teams. He was fantastic on special teams last week. Had three total special teams tackles in one game. Yeah, I love it. I love it. John says, great rebound. I don't know what we're talking about there. All right. Crazy says, I'm hoping the Jags can just compete with the great team the Chargers have and won't be ready to pack it up at halftime. If that is your expectation, is that if that is your hope, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> Robert says, I think Jim Irsay owes the Jaguars an apology. I would say it's probably the other way around. Poor Jim Irsay. Poor Jim Irsay. Um, Jaggernaut says, I, I totally felt like the Colts fans watching our Gus Bradley D being soft and giving. Yeah. Yeah. Jaguars fans can relate. John says, if we can put together a game like last week, I think we could squeak on by. If they put a, no, if they put together a game like last week, they're going to win the game. They were dominant last week. It wasn't just the Colts playing bad football. Jaguars had a perfect game plan executed to perfection. Tyler says, you think if Jawan Taylor can keep this consistency, we extend him. I know we like Walker, but if he's getting outplayed, goodness. If he continues this level of play, his his free agent market is going to be massive. And yeah, I would think that you want to try to find a way to keep that guy. I agree with you if he continues to play this way. Antoine says, thank you for this space and the teal gin jag gear is amazing. Awesome. Thank you, Antoine. Dustin says, any thoughts on Muma being another matchup against Eckler? Look, Muma has not gotten on the field on defense outside of spelling Foyer and Devin for a few plays in week one. Didn't play any defense last week. So I'm not sure about that, honestly. Now, I would love to see Muma on the field on defense. He's a great Great young linebacker, in my opinion. And he is a really good linebacker covering backs out of the backfield. But I don't expect to see him out there. It's got about, it says, we know the Jaguars have struggled in the Pacific time zone, but they aren't alone. Other Eight other teams haven't won in LA since 95. Okay. Scott about says that's from D rock. Okay. Yeah. That's an interesting stat. Of course, no one was playing football in LA uh, for a good portion of that time period. You had the charters in San Diego. You had the Rams and in, in, in um, St. Louis, the Raiders, they were not in LA. They were in Oakland. Yeah. Jeff says, I think we're starting to put things together and this game will be very fun to watch. It will be. I mean, having, Having hope, legitimate hope that the Jaguars can go out to the West Coast, and and it's not just hope for hope's sake. It's it's there's reason for it. It makes sense, right? Yeah, it's a pretty exciting time to be a Jaguar fan. Tony says our tackles and defensive ends are keys to winning. Yeah, it all starts up front. It all starts up front every single week. I agree with you. 
Randy's checking in says, does this game have upset potential written all over it or is it just me? Yeah, it does. I think this is much more of a coin flip than the Vegas um, spread of seven to seven and a half suggests. <laughs> X Sailor says deciding game winner, Jacksonville special. And now we've got some spam chats coming in. Sorry about that, everyone. Shay says, Logan Cook is still playing great. He might be a big part of keeping the Jags in this game this week. Flipping the field might be key. Yeah, Logan Cook, one of the best players on the roster, one of the best punters on the planet. Jeff says, I read their starting center is out and already banged up on the guards. This could be a great day for the D-line. Right, and we don't know what Corey Lindsley's status will be. He's one of the best centers in football. He did not participate in practice um, on Wednesday. He's dealing with a knee injury. So we'll see how that plays out. Crazy says the defense is going to have to have a hell of a game and get after Herbert. Yes, they are. And they're capable of doing so. But we've seen we've seen the defense been able to do that for 60 minutes. We've also seen them been able to do it for 80 85% of a game and then have coverage busts um, against, the, against the commanders. Jeremy says, will the Jags offensive line struggle against the Chargers pass rush? That's fascinating. I don't know. I don't know. I think when you saw the Jaguars offensive line struggle against a pass rush so far this year, we've only had two examples, right, of, of Jaguars offensive line versus another defense. They struggled on, on the – Offensive left side, center to left tackle against the Commanders, who had incredible talent with with Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat, and a really nice scheme where they were stunting and switching and confusing the Jaguars' offensive line. If the Chargers do that, yeah, yeah, I think it could be problematic. If they just have Bosa and Mack running heads up against these tackles and they're not really running any games up front, I think the Jaguars have an opportunity to handle that. Jaggernaut says, think our chances are better against the Chargers or Eagles. That is a fantastic question. I've been thinking about it a lot myself. I haven't studied the Eagles the way I've studied the Chargers. But I would say right now, I actually like the matchup with the Chargers a little bit more. Obviously, I do think Justin Herbert's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts right now, but the way the Eagles offense is being run uh, around around Jalen Hurts has been superb. The way the Eagles defense can lock down opposing receivers has been superb. I would I would say I like their chances better right now against the Chargers than I do against the Eagles, but I think they could win either game. Um I'm not predicting them to win both games. I think that they will have, they will pick up a victory on this two game road trip. I do believe that. All right. John says, I just realized I haven't seen Wingard. Is he even on the team anymore? Yeah, he's only doing special teams work right now. Cisco and Jenkins have been out there pretty much every play. Antoine says, I'd rather have Campbell against Allen over Griffin. What say you? Seems Griffin mistakes are more skills and Campbell is... Uh, I don't agree with that. Campbell really is a smart football player. He's fundamentally sound. 
Yeah. I would say, I, th- I think, you know, Keenan Allen is the more proficient, you know, pro receiver who's going to be able to create more separation than Mike Williams. In that regard, I probably would say I'd want Campbell on Keenan Allen. And I'd want the Jaguars to try to just eliminate Mike Williams um, with safety help and, and Shaq Griffin and, and all that. And just try to pray that he's not able to go up and get some of those rebounds like he normally does, those big jump balls. Yeah. Austin Eckler, he has gone off against the Jaguars before. He was one of the most effective overall running backs in 2021 in the NFL. Jaguars do have to bring it there. They got to win the turnover battle again, too. They've been crushing it on the turnover battle. They have the best turnover differential in football right now. So, yeah. Jags got to keep that up. I'm very impressed with Doug Peterson. Everything he's done so far. I'm impressed with the way he's handled the Jaguars having a big victory over the Colts. His his mantra every week right now is, so what, now what? Against the Commanders. You lost. You lost a close game. You lost a game that you should have won. So what? Now what? The past doesn't matter. You got to go 1-0 this week. I like that attitude. Um, I think for this Jaguars team, you have to trust in your preparation. You have to trust in your work ethic and your coaching, and you'll be able to go out there and have a chance to win. You cannot believe the hype. You cannot buy into the hype. You cannot um, lose focus this week. Getting into some more comments here. Scout about says that's if Keenan goes. Yeah, Keenan Allen is limited right now. He's dealing with a hamstring. How healthy will be he? Will he be on Sunday? Jeff says, "Do you think we should play more man or zone in this one? Their their wide receivers aren't that fast and allow us to keep our eye on the ball and come out with a few interceptions this week. I think you want to run more zone than man, but again, varied coverages. You want to give to switch it up. You want to cause problems. You want to have Justin Herbert thinking just a little bit more than he normally has to, trying to identify what you're doing pre and post snap." All right. And I do think whether or not Keenan Allen is available impacts how you play. Jaggernaut says, do you wear jerseys on game day? If so, who's your most worn jersey? Um, Probably Fred Taylor. I do wear jerseys. I love to, to rock the jerseys on game day. If you tune in on our, our game day morning show, Sunday mornings, You'll see that. I've had, I've, I think I, I wore Keenan week one. I wore Fred week two. Or I might have worn Trevor Lawrence's jersey last week, actually. I think that's what I did. So maybe I'll be a little stitious and wear the Lawrence jersey again. We'll see. It didn't work out very often last year. But yeah, my favorite jersey is my Fred Taylor jersey. The throwback teal. Would love to get one of those Black Mojo jerseys. Or any of those black old school jerseys. Jeff says, Doug P is 3-0 against the Chargers. Very good. And he also has a winning record on the West Coast. 
So he knows how to get guys prepared. Jeremy says, how do you view the game script for this matchup? Okay, so if the Jaguars have their way, they're going to stop the run, which is going to force the Chargers to throw, and they're going to take advantage of clear passing situations, and they're going to try to jump out to an early lead. They're going to try to pass the ball to score and run the ball to win. That's Doug Peterson's philosophy. You saw that last week. If the Chargers get up early, well, excuse me, the Chargers, if they have things go their way with the game script, it's going to be kind of the same thing. This is what every team wants to do, right? They want to score early. They want to get an early lead. They want to force you to throw the football. Both teams are going to be trying to do that. It's going to come down to who can execute. And if if either coach has a, a tendency that the other coach is able to take advantage of. But I expect it to be a close game throughout. Percy says, Campbell is just so locked on that receiver that he loses the ball sometimes. That skill will come. And he's made plays. He's made plays on the ball in that same situation. I've seen him do it. That was a bang-bang play. Um, I think he might have been expecting... I think he was expecting the receiver to try to hit the sideline instead uh, the ball came in on the opposite shoulder and Campbell wasn't ready for it, but he had a great game last week. He also had an interception in week one. I think Campbell is playing very good football. Scott about says he wants a pick six. All right. I think everybody wants a pick six. Crazy says, do you think they risk Herbert if he's 50 to 75% healed? Again, it's, it's about pain tolerance. And, and Staley said they're going to really kind of let, Herbert and and how he's approaching it and how he's feeling be their guide. And so to me, that sounds like Herbert's going to play because Justin Herbert's going to want to play. And if he's telling them he can play, they're going to let him play. Antoine says for Campbell, it's about finishing, not being boneheaded. Yeah. And that was just one play. He's finished everything else you've seen so far. Scott about says it's very 2019 nationals mentality. Let's go one and today. I'm not a baseball guy, so I'll defer to you on that. John says, Staley said this progr- that his program lets the players decide first, so it'll be up to Justin. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was just talking about. Randy says, what's your official score prediction for the game? Or are you going to wait and make that a separate video? Yeah, so I have been doing the predictions, the score predictions in this game preview every week, but I'm going to switch that up and I'm going to save that for Saturday this week partially because we don't know what's going on with the Chargers and their injury situation, partially just because I want to give myself more time, more time to think about this one. But yeah, I believe Saturday morning I will be dropping some predictions. Um, and actually, you know, Clay, Clay Harbor and I do the Believe in Jaguars show, which you can find on whatever platform, podcast platform you listen to. You can also find it here on the Gen Jag YouTube channel. We're going we're gonna to have some predictions tomorrow as well. Shea says, how did Doug not get hired somewhere else? I mean, Jags interviewed him first, but waited forever to hire him. I don't know. I don't know. When you look at some of the coaching hires around the league, I am shocked that Doug Peterson was not hired before the Jaguars hired him. Scout about says, I bought a Trayvon jersey. I I think that will be a good investment. 
Jeremy Kim says, did the Titans get worse or are the Bills just that damn good or both? I would say both. They lost A.J. Brown. Offensive line isn't playing quite the way they were. Derrick Henry's not playing quite the way he was. Ryan Tannehill's struggling. I would say both. Jax Ayers checking in says, good morning. When's the last time the Jaguars won on the West Coast? It was 2019 in the final game um, at the Oakland Coliseum for the Raiders. Gardner Minshew and company were able to take down the Raiders in their final game in Oakland. Brandon says, hey, Jordan, how are you? I'm doing very well. Happy everyone's here. Chase says, believe. Absolutely. Jack Sayers says, great podcast with Clay. Thank you so much. Appreciate y'all. Jeff says, I like what Doug P is doing with his team and allowing them to forget the past and move on with the present. I think part of our franchise woes has been dwelling too much on failed past. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say that's been part of the franchise woes because the failed past has turned into the failed present consistently because they have not had quality coaching. They have not had quality drafts. They have not brought in quality free agents enough, but it looks like that is changing. It really does. When you look at the coaching matchup, I think Brandon Staley's a fantastic defensive coach, defensive mind. I think Doug Peterson is also a fantastic offensive coordinator, offensive coach and leader. Both of them are great leaders. Their players really believe in both of their head coaches, which is a really cool thing to see. But I do think the Jaguars are a better coached football team right now based on their defensive coordinator, Mike Caldwell, versus the Chargers offensive coordinator and Joe Lombardi. I think Caldwell has a chance to really uh, to really leave an impression here, to put to put his uh, to to have people put some respect on his name as a defensive coordinator. Brandon says, I hear Keenan Allen is banged up along with Justin Herbert. Yeah, Keenan did not play last week. He's limited in practice right now. Hamstrings going on. All right, Jeremy says, do you think Doug Peterson should have been fired to begin with in Philadelphia? I think they clearly wanted to move in a different direction. I think when you talk about should he have been fired, probably not. But, you know, the Eagles have a good thing going on now anyways. So I don't think we should dwell on that. Um, I wouldn't be worrying about it. I know a lot of Eagles fans still love Doug Peterson. Guy has a freaking statue outside the stadium. Randy says, off topic, question who's playing tonight. You got Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Yep, Brandon checks in and says Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Not quite the quarterback matchup that you got last week, is it? (laughs) Unfortunately. Jax Ayer says, if Herbert does play, his ribs are really going to hurt after facing our D-line and linebackers. That's what you hope. And you don't want to be dirty. You don't, but look, that is the strike zone for defensive linemen, for pass rushers. It's that chest to, to abdomen area. That's where you want to hit quarterbacks. That's where you're going to avoid getting penalties. Marco Polo says division record. I say four and two this year, maybe five and one. Yeah. You know, I had them going. Three and three in the division when the season started. I had them sweeping the Texans, splitting with the Colts, and getting swept by the Titans. I don't see that happening anymore. 
I do not see the Titans sweeping this team. So I think four and two is certainly fair. I do think five and one is possible. We'll see how it plays out though. We'll hang out here for a few more minutes. Uh, hang out till 11, it's 10.54 right now. If y'all have any other questions or anything you want to get in. But yeah, the main things here, I'm looking at the coaching battles. I think Mike Caldwell versus Joe Lombardi is fantastic. I think Caldwell has a real chance to uh, stake his claim as a as a really good defensive coordinator here against a, a well-rounded Chargers offense, talented Chargers offense. And I think Doug Peterson versus Brandon Staley, it doesn't get better than that. It does not get better than that. And then you look at um, the matchups up front between the offensive lines and defensive lines. They're going to be huge. You've got Justin Herbert head-to-head with Trevor Lawrence, two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. You've got so many playmakers on the Chargers defense. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson. Derwin James, Bryce Callahan, Drew, Twank- Drew Tranquil is a nice linebacker. They've got some better interior pieces as well. Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson. And they got hell of offensive weapons too. Gerald Everett is very dangerous in space. Austin Eckler, same thing. Keenan Allen, if he's healthy. Mike Williams, Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer. They got players, man. It's an exciting matchup. Jeremy says, even with the convincing win as a Jaguars fan, I think the Colts will end up top in the division, but it will be close. If the Colts are going to end up at the top of the division, they've got to turn things around quickly. Will they be able to do so? I'm not sure. Jack Zare says, keep up the great great content. You're killing it. Thank you so much, Jack Zare. Thank you so much for everybody being here. Percy says, did you get a chance to watch Staley's press conference? He's concerned about the Jags. You can tell. I would be too. Like I said, you know, Mike Caldwell, he runs a lot of varied coverages, runs a lot of games up front. You don't know what's coming from where and when. I'd be a little worried about it too. And if I'm Press Taylor and Doug Peterson, I'm feeling the same way about the Chargers defense. I would say the Jaguars do have a better defensive interior and a better linebacker core than the Chargers but the Chargers probably have a better overall secondary. And I would I would say Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, they're a little bit ahead of Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker right now. But any of those guys can wreck the game when you talk about the, the edge players for both teams. Dustin says, any prediction on how many Jags sacks against Herbert? Okay. Um, I'll say three. I'll say three. With plenty of pressure. John says, Evan, X-Factor Ingram, how you like and how he's being used so far? I like it. Um, I think he's been effective. You haven't really seen the seam shots to Ingram that I thought you would see. You start getting those at some point, probably. Ron says, I'm surprised how well the Jaguars are playing so early. I thought they'd be good this year, but not so quickly. I think they can go 6-0 and in the division this year. They could, you know, they really could. Uh, it's really hard for any team to do that in the division, uh, much less a team that has struggled inside their division. 
for so long. But yeah, I think four and two is my prediction right now. I think five and one is reasonable. Six and oh, eh, not so much. Jack Sarah says, how is the Jaguars offensive line? Or excuse me, how's the Chargers offensive line? The left side, you'll love Rayshon Slater. If Corey Lindsley is healthy at center, you'll love what he brings to the table as well. Zion Johnson is a very good young rookie, but similar to, and he's at left guard, similar to Luke Fortner at center for the Jaguars. He's had some really tough matchups early on. And um, it's been up and down a little bit for Zion Johnson. I think you look at the the right side of the Chargers offensive line, and if, if Corey Lindsley is out, you want to attack a lot from center to right tackle. John says, Staley listed our entire roster. Very impressive. Yeah. Him and Doug, they both like to flex on knowing the opponent. And they should know the opponent. Head coaches in the NFL should know their opponents. They should also know their own team. Has not always been the case. Brandon says, I think if we win this game, we can make some mainstream media attention. Yeah, I mean, I know people not really happy with how much the national media has talked about the Jaguars this week, but I've seen them talking about them on ESPN, NFL Network. I've seen people talking about them pretty much everywhere. Ron says four and two is realistic in the division. I agree. Yeah. All right. So we got about a minute left. If you have any final questions, final thoughts you want me to get to hang out for just a minute or so longer, and then we're going to get out of here move on with our day. It's been about an hour and a half. I think this is the longest stream we've done here. Appreciate everyone for being here, for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun talking some Jags chargers. Again, the Jaguars are seven and a half point or seven to seven and a half point road dogs in this one. I definitely think it's a closer game than that. Definitely do. Brandon says, who do you think finishes last in the division? I still am going to go with the Texans just because I think they have the least amount of talent on their roster. But the way the Titans are playing is not encouraging. The way the Colts are playing is not encouraging. Jeff says, what's your thoughts so far on Kirk and Robinson this year? Kirk has been amazing. He's a perfect pairing with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. They really know how to get him into advantageous situations. Tom says, reminds me of the boat era in 2017. We were all over ESPN. Yeah. Team-wise, very different team, but yes, getting some attention. And Robinson, I assume you're talking about James or Cam. I don't know. But James Robinson has been fantastic. Cam Robinson has been improved, was not quite good enough in week one, bounced back with a really great performance against the Colts in week two. Uh, James Robinson's been great both games. Jeremy says, what are your biggest takeaways about the Jags and the AFC South through the first two weeks? Biggest takeaways about the AFC South is every team in the AFC South is in trouble outside of Jacksonville. Um, The Texans are trying to figure out, is Davis Mills our guy of the future? Titans are reeling. Colts are reeling. And the Jaguars are headed in the right direction, organizationally. Chase says, thanks for the stream. Ron says, thanks, Jordan. It's Uh, We appreciate all the content. John says, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? 
I mean, the go-to is probably cookies and cream, just like very easy, plain and simple. But um, I do like vanilla, like Doug. I do like um, pistachio is probably one of the weirder ones I like. I know not everybody's about that life, but I do like that. Nitch says, I don't know if you answered this, but has your record prediction changed since our performance against the Colts? Yeah. Yes, it has. Um, I believe that the Jaguars are on pace now to go eight and nine versus seven and 10 and eight and nine might be good enough to win the division. If they beat the chargers, we might adjust that even further. Jeff says, first time catching your live stream. Really enjoyed it. Much love from a Canadian fan. Awesome. Jeff. Thank you so much for being here. Jacob says, do you think we can beat green Bay? Why is that a concern right now? That's my question. Brandon says, thanks, Jordan. Appreciate you on here on Twitter. Absolutely. Doing my best for y'all. Shay says, I can't wait till Sunday. I also can't wait for my new teal shirt to come. Thanks for the stream. Shay, thank you so much for supporting the channel by going and getting a shirt. Means a lot. Helps us out a lot. And absolutely, we'll get those out as quick as we can. They are on pre-order right now. Pre-order will be available until next Tuesday. And then we'll get the order in, and they should be in in about two weeks after that. All right, y'all. That is going to do it. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I would not be doing these live streams without y'all. Um, these are for the fans to interact, to have a good time, um, to get fired up. Okay, I'll answer this. Jacob says, my dad's a Packers fan. It's an ongoing argument. Could the Jaguars beat the Packers? Yes. I think the Jaguars could go toe-to-toe with any team in the league right now. Would they beat the Packers? Obviously, that would be dependent on health. It would be dependent upon where the game is being played, when it's being played, all those things. But could the Jags hang with the Packers? Yes. All right, got a couple more things in here now. Kyrie says, do you think the Jaguars will make it in the playoffs this year and win a playoff game? I think they will win their division. I have them winning their division. That's where we're at right now. Playoffs, I'm not going to go to that. I'm not going to go to if they're going to win a playoff game just yet. Jeff says, it's my birthday Sunday, so go Jags and DTWD. Happy early birthday. Hopefully the Jags can pull out a big W for you. Ron says, don't forget everyone to like the video. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ron. Like, subscribe, turn your notification bell on. You can become a channel member. Go pick up some new gear at genjag.com, all that stuff. Follow me on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Follow Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. And enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Hopefully you can have some fun for Thursday night football tonight. We'll see. Not quite the matchup we had last week. But again, enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning in, Duval. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.